1: with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country black buffalo tobacco alternative bold flavor full pouches what is going on everybody thursday afternoon happy march madness thank god we got the tournament you're listening to this i'd put a little cash on santa barbara uh, hope you enjoy the weekend. Also, have some bets on the Sony Open, but you know I'm kind of a degenerate. This podcast about the NFL, really football in general. Some people are like, why don't you ever talk college football? I, I do. We talk. We're going to talk a ton about the draft. Absolute draft heavy coverage coming up. Really, probably starting. I guess next week we'll probably still have some free agency stuff, but moving forward we'll do some draft. I'm uh, I got. I think I got a couple cool guests lined up some draft angles, that uh, some unique people. You know, I I don't like getting voices. Like, a million podcasts interview a lot of people. I I try to do different type interviews. I don't do them very often here. When I had Blair Walsh on, that was fantastic. Like, you just don't hear kickers that often. I I, I got one in the hopper I think would be really cool, especially come draft time. That would be a name that everyone would know, but uh, I'm excited. It'll definitely happen. I was actually texting with him earlier this week. Uh, NFL player, former NFL player, uh, had a had a very interesting career, a very famous guy though, and uh, and yeah, obviously this week I'm going to dive into some Bears Seattle. Uh, the NFL earlier today, I'm recording this, you know, a little before dinner time, announced that they have a huge media deal, hundred million dollar, hundred million dollars, hundred billion dollars, ten billion dollars a year. As well, I just saw Florio on Pro Football Talk tweeted out that the NFL will go to 17 games, which I guess we knew was likely, but it's now basically unofficially official. Uh, the wide receiver market right now is getting a little interesting. Little thing we call supply and demand, not ideal for wide receivers trying to get big money. And then I'll just bang off some things that just happened over the last couple days. Okay, let's get to the trade that did not happen but became a big story this week. The Bears and Seattle. Now, I'm going to start from the Chicago angle. The thing that I like most about the business world, it's very black and white. You either get it done or you don't. You either land the big client or you don't. You either sell something or you don't. There is no gray area. You know, we came close to doing this deal. Did you do the deal? No, we didn't. You know, we almost did. No one gives a shit. How often do you, you wherever you are, talk to your boss, your partner, and go, you know what, I, th- I I think we got him. And then a week later, you don't have him. Well, no one cares that you almost got him. That's, it's no one cares. <laughs> you, you either, you either land whoever you're going after as a business deal, in the NFL, players, in free agency, or you don't. No one cares. And I see it with the San Francisco Giants all the time. They always leak that You know, we almost got Bryce Harper. We almost got this. No one cares. I mean, honestly, we couldn't care less. And I know people are like, well, what about transparency for the fans? It's 2021. If Russell Wilson is available for trade, 28 teams are calling and trying to get him. So, yeah, we don't need transparency. He's fucking Russell Wilson. Of course the Bears are trying to get him. But here's the problem for the Bears. And here's what Ryan Pace, who, let's face it, isn't very good as being a general manager. I think it's safe to say he's over his head. And right now, Ryan Pace went all in for Russell Wilson. Despite if he just would have any common sense realize, why is Pete Carroll going to trade me Russell Wilson, whether I give him seven picks Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, and Akeem Hicks. Can Akeem Hicks play quarterback for Seattle? Can Roquan Smith play quarterback for Seattle? Are any of my draft picks gonna net him a quarterback? The answer is no, no, and no. So every minute that I waste trying to offer all this stuff to Seattle, if you if you understand the way ultimately the big picture of any deal, you know, the answer is always gonna be no. And when you waste time, it'd be like if I was DMing nonstop Kate Upton or Cindy Crawford trying to get them to go out with me, and they never responded. Even if they did respond, like liked one of my comments, what's the point in wasting my time? Something that is un... Like, it's never going to happen. And listen, I'm a dreamer at heart, right? I, I dreamed in college, like, I didn't want to do a normal job. I, I wanted to work in pro sports, and then I I got to the NFL, and... Then I got a radio show. Like I'm a big dreamer. I, I'm not anti-dreaming big. Trust me. I will always tell, and hopefully my children one day I, I will promote dreaming. I think dreaming brings hope, brings hope, and can help you get you out of certain times. Right. But there is a point in time when you are running an NFL franchise when a dream of landing Russell Wilson, you have to balance the the real realistic element of it all you have nothing to give them like obviously they'd want your players but if they don't have a quarterback they're not going to give you their hall of fame quarterback because who the hell is going to play quarterback for them Pete carroll's 69 years old he's trying to win so he spends all this time he leaks to reporters how aggressive they are And ultimately, the answer, despite all the hoopla on social media, and God, they tried, and they had lunch at the North Dakota State Pro Day, and he offered all these picks, who cares? The answer was no. Of course the answer was going to be no. And meanwhile, when ultimately they get the no answer in the middle of the week, Ryan Fitzpatrick, boom, goes to Washington. So you go, well, who's the best free agent bridge quarterback? If you watched football last year, Fitzpatrick was dramatically better than Andy Dalton. And here's the thing with Andy Dalton. I hear this a lot. And I got nothing against him. I actually respected his game when he was on the Bengals. He went to the playoffs all the time with the Bengals. In 2015, Jack Del Rio's first year with the Raiders, I was doing the Raiders post game, meaning I went to every home game. And the cool part about, like, working in the NFL, working, covering a team, you know, for a radio station that has them, you get there early, you go on the field before the game. I would get there several hours before the game. I would bullshit with assistant coaches, I would get some good scoop, and I would just, kind of the fan in me, loved watching warm-ups. I spent a lot of time around the Raiders. I watched warmups for the other team. Whoever they were playing, I wanted to see their team come out of the tunnel. And I'll never forget that weekend, they opened up with the Bengals. And I'd been around the league at that time on a very personal basis, like being around players and teams and knowing what it looks like for about five years at that point. That team came out of the tunnel, and I remember thinking, holy shit, I don't know if this is the best-looking team in the NFL, physically, just coming out of the tunnel, getting off the bus. There can't be five better-looking teams in the league. And five years later now, six really, having been around the league for over a decade, still to this day, that is physically one of the best-looking teams I've ever seen. Andy Dalton was the quarterback, and those were the Marvin Lewis teams that were really good. And that team destroyed the Raiders week one and ultimately went 12-4. and four. That team was stacked. Their offensive line was loaded. A.J. Green was in the peak of his powers. They had multiple running backs. They had Tyler Eifert. They had a defensive line. Every single guy looked like Alden Smith mixed with J.J. Watt. They were massive. Their DBs were all sweet. So Andy Dalton had a lot of team success, and he was solid. His team was loaded. If I would have put a good quarterback on that Bengals team, like the equivalent of like, if I just would have mixed the Steelers and the Roethlisberger, boom, boom, in 15, in 14, in 16, those Bengals team might have won a Super Bowl. So this notion that, like, oh, Andy Dalton's had success, yeah, unloaded teams. He didn't take, like, some crappy team and get them to 8-8. Eight and eight. He took teams with elite players at all positions and was a good game manager. And to ultimately, to tell your fans, and I had a couple people like, I love the transparency. Do you? It's obvious they're going to be interested in Russell Wilson. It's clear. Like, it, it, we don't need you know, some league insider to be like, you know what, the Bears, he put them on their list. Of course they're talking. They were never going to say, the trade was never going to happen. It it had zero uh, possibility for that place, that trade to take place. Zero. No matter, he could have offered him a hundred first round picks, the entire roster, Chicago style pizza, and half his coaching staff. Pete would have said, no, you don't have a quarterback to give me. So he wastes all this time. He ends up with Andy Dalton. He loses out on Fitzpatrick. And now the Bears fans are pissed. Of course they are. Because in pro sports, like in big business, no one cares if you came close. Just either get it done or don't. But if you don't, don't act like you came close. Because you don't get credit. The only thing, really, you could argue in life that you get credit for, for coming close, are horseshoes and hand grenades. And that's not what Ryan Pace's job is as a general manager. It's to land players. And he didn't land them because, of course, he didn't. He never was going to. And let's go to the Seattle element of this. Do I think they played the Bears a little bit by leading them on? Probably a little because they were, what could they have offered? But I think it's fair to say, and I, I did a little digging this week of people in the know. that Not necessarily on Seattle staff, but people that work around people that have been on Seattle staff and just are in the loop. It's pretty clear that Seattle does not love the Russell Wilson drama. And whether that means they don't love Russell Wilson, they do love the player. They love what he brings the franchise. They love winning. And obviously Russell's a huge part of winning. Do they love this caricature diva Hollywood drama? Of course not. Despite Pete being the most energetic, outgoing, you know, coach probably in league history in his late 60s, Uh, it's not Pete's style. When you look at Pete's team at SC, they were big ass kickers. When you look at the teams that he won with early on in Seattle, big, they talked a big game, they hit you in the mouth. It wasn't like Hollywood. It was really like Mike Tyson. What Russell's become is not really their ethos. If Russell Wilson was not a quarterback, let's say he was a corner, like Jalen Ramsey when he was in Jacksonville. Let's say he was a safety, like Jamal Adams when he was in New York, and pulling this on their team, he would be gone. They would have traded him. But I think as we see this playing out, it's complicated. I don't think, ideally, they want to deal with him. But, like what I said about the Bears, the NFL is about two things for Pete Carroll. Wins and losses. Literally, nothing else matters. Especially at his age. He's not rebuilding. He's not going to reset the franchise. All he cares about in 2021, we got to get used to doing the math on the 17-game schedule, is going like 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. It's going to sound weird, I know, but we got to get used to it. He's trying to win. He's trying to get back to the playoffs. Actually, you know what he just did? He won the NFC West for probably like the 5th or 6th time, maybe even 7th time in his tenure. He's definitely going to try to do it again. And despite Russell being a pain for him and having to deal with all this crap, and listen, do the teammates love him? Probably not. He by far gives Pete the best chance to win the NFC West and make a run in the playoffs. So until you can give him either a star rookie back, and we know who drafts really high, none of those teams are on Russell's list, or a legit starting quarterback, only one team on that list, the Raiders, have Derek Carr, And doing some digging this week, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Though, we'll get to Gruden a little later. Who knows? He's liable to do anything at any moment. And if I was Gruden, I mean, I I don't think it's that crazy. I probably would do it. But if you told me that they could get Derek Carr in several ones, I would say it has a decent chance to get done. But if the Raiders aren't going to play ball, he's just going to stay. Not because they necessarily want to keep him. Just because in this bottom line business, when all they're trying to do is win football games, Russell by far gives them the best chance. Back to the Bears, they had nothing to give Pete besides defensive players, which don't help when you don't have a quarterback. Because Pete goes, hey, Ryan Pace, I've been watching your team. You haven't really had a quarterback in Mitch Trubisky who's been average to below. You've had a great defense, which I don't have here in Seattle anymore, and you've struggled to go 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't want to do that. You know what I like doing? Winning 11-12 games, because that's what I do. And Russell's been my quarterback while I do that. So, Ryan Pace and the Bears, but this is Ryan Pace. Like, he's the boss. You go, Nagy's your guy, John. It's true. Nagy is the coach. He is not in charge of the roster. That's Ryan Pace. Botch this Russell situation. And when I say botch, because he wasted time on something he was never going to do. I could DM Cindy Crawford all day long. I'm never dating her. In Seattle, they, they feel like they're just kind of stuck right now. Being stuck with Russell Wilson is not the worst problem to have, but I think we all can acknowledge if he was another position, if he was like Stefan Diggs, right? A wide, he'd be gone. What happened to Minnesota? They trade Stephon. It's easy to trade position players. Hell, Khalil Mack got traded. Hasn't really worked out, but still, it happens. Quarterbacks in the peak of their powers, in their prime, in their early 30s, Hall of Famers, don't get traded. Why? Because they're irreplaceable.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n. That's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for
2: the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at
1: americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, let's get into the wide receiver market. And I know many people, I, I live in the suburbs. Most of my friends and families live in the suburbs. Uh, I'm actually playing golf tomorrow uh, in the Bay Area with a buddy who actually bought has a nice place in the city. And a lot of people throughout the country are leaving cities, moving to the burbs. So what does that do when a lot of people are leaving one area, going to another area? That drives the price up in the suburbs. Look around real estate right now, all around the country, in nice suburbs, in every state. The housing market is high. Why is that? Because if I put a house on the market for 500 grand and 20 people want the house, you know what the house is not gonna sell for? 500 grand. You know what it's probably gonna go for? 550, 575. Basic supply demand. When more people want something, it's gonna drive the price up. Basic economics. Learn about this in like high school. The NFL is no different. Why did Trent Williams get, when he got re signed by the Niners, Get so much freaking money. I'll tell you why. Because the Chiefs desperately wanted him. They thought they had him as of Wednesday morning. Well, when one team is trying to get a player, what does that do? It drives up his market. Because if you're going to pay me a hundred bucks, you're like, hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks. And I go, well, you know, the problem is I got Billy over here willing to pay me 200. You either have to say, well, Take Billy's money or here is $210. That's the way business works. It's no different than football. It's why the average per year, players always want more. And you can't get more if you don't have multiple teams bidding for your services. Trent Williams got a boatload of money. Why? He's an elite player that not just the Chiefs, the Colts, the Bears, several teams were more than willing to give him huge cash. Why the Niners? Gave him $55 million guaranteed. $23 million a year. Also, he's you know plays an elite position. The, the supply on tackles is not great. There aren't many Trent Williams walking around. How many human beings, in, think about this, in your entire life, have you ever seen that are 6'4 to 6'6, 300 to 320 pounds, and the best athlete in every room they walk into? Well, let me tell you who those individuals are. The top tackles in the NFL. Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, Ronnie Stanley, Bakhtiari. There aren't many of them. Last year, a lot of them came into the league. We'll see how many of them turn turn out to be good. Well, what happened last year? It's like, God, we got a lot of good offensive tackles. They all went before pick 13. You ain't getting sweet tackles in the fourth round. Trent Brown, who's now back on the Patriots, who's a freak, is an outlier. And really, he fell that far because of question marks with work ethic, personality, and other stuff. Walking through the door, he doesn't look like most guys in the NFL. There aren't many good offensive linemen. Or you can find guards and centers. You can't find tackles. They do not exist. It's the reason they make the second most money behind quarterbacks. Same with pass rushers. There aren't many Khalil Max, Aaron Donalds walking this earth. You know what there are? There are a ton of wide receivers. Look at the last couple years in the draft. You know who the worst player in the draft was, production-wise, of the top 15, 17 wide receivers taken last year? The first guy taken, Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Higgins. All these guys went after him. Think about the year before. Think about the second-round wide receivers. Debo Samuel, who's a really good player, was a major factor on the 49ers' Super Bowl team. If the 49ers could do it over, they would have taken D.K. Metcalf or A.J. Brown. Those guys went late in the second round. So if I'm, in all free agency in the draft is, is an economic exercise. While you're trying to get the best players, you're also factoring in your salary cap, building your roster. And the reason you're always having to pay pass rushers and tackles a ton of money, a lot of them don't exist. They do not exist in the draft. But you know what does exist in the draft? Sweet wide receivers. And guys I can get in the second round that end up making a million dollars. So Juju Smith, first thing I'd ask myself is the Pittsburgh Steelers, one, why don't they want you? Two, they literally just replaced Juju Smith with a second round wide receiver named Claypool. So Chase Claypool, the year Juju's about to hit free agency, they take a second round pick. I'm looking up one day at my TV. Dude has four touchdowns. Physically, he looks better than Juju Smith. They would say he's a more talented player. I think the biggest problem for all these wide receivers is the influx the last three or four years. And look, I don't think it's slowing down. Because you watch college football, what's going on? All these spread teams. Hell, Alabama's producing wide receivers now. And not just one every couple years like an Amari, like a like a uh, Julio. I'm talking every year multiple guys going top 15. LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas, you just start going around the country, they're coming in waves. And you know what they are? They're cheap. If you ran a business and you had a guy on, you know, you ran a solid small business and you were paying some dude 200 grand and he's like, you know, I think I'm worth $500,000. And you went, well, I got this guy from Harvard who actually can do everything you can do and he's willing to work for $85,000. Do you know what you would do? You'd go, you know what? You can go work somewhere else, see if you can get $500,000. I'm going to take this guy from Harvard who's going to give me 90% of your production, potentially more, and I'm going to pay less than half. And in, that analogy is bad because in my in the real football portion of this, these guys want $12, $13, 14000000 million. Well, when I get Chase Claypool in the second round, when I get Debo Samuel in the second round, when I get DK Metcalf in the second round, Those guys get contracts worth four years, $5 million total. Second round picks, I've been told this for years, and it's just true if you just watch the league, I think third rounders can factor into this too, are the best deals in football. Because you're getting guys that some would argue, you realize immediately, easily could have been first round picks. For whatever reason, they got dinged in the draft process and they go in the second round. So you get a first round player, an immediate starter, some of these guys turn into Pro Bowls, yet you don't pay anything close to first round money. And you can replace guys that are hitting free agency for huge cash for really cheap. So when you're building your team and you're paying your left tackle a lot of money and you're paying your defensive lineman a lot of money, you're paying your quarterback a lot of money, you say, you know what, Juju Smith, good luck go getting your 12, 13 million dollars. We enjoyed paying you a million. And we'll let you go, and we will now play Chase Claypool what you used to make. And you can go attempt to get this contract, which, again, at the time of recording this, 5.15 on Thursday afternoon, he has not signed. Because I bet in his mind, I'm going to get $14, $15 million. No one's offering him that. Now, part of his deal might be some of the TikTok. And again, that sounds stupid, but it's not stupid. He did the TikTok thing on Thursday Night Football or it was a Sunday Night Football, Played like shit. It became a big deal. And then Mike Tomlin had to talk about it. Like, comes with some baggage. Allen Robinson, who I think we all view as a really good player. And I've talked to people with the Bears. Like, he's good. But he's not, like, elite good. He's not worth $17 million a year. And in Allen Robinson's mind, he goes, well, I look at my production. Amari Cooper last year got five years, $20 million a year, and $60 million guaranteed. Now, I'd say, hey, that's Jerry, being Jerry. Because Allen Robinson, I, there's in no world would I give you $60 million guaranteed. Not because I don't think you're good. And even if I did pay you that, not because I didn't think you could be productive. But because I can find Allen Robinson in the second round and pay that guy a million dollars a year and pay my other positions that do cost a lot and most of those guys don't exist, more money. So it's just the wide receivers are learning the economics of the game and the influx of all this young talent is working against them. Okay, let's get to some league business. And I'll start with this element of it. I've been saying for a while, I mean, I read it. I I didn't predict this. I don't know people like, you know, at the uh, Jeff Bezos number two told me. I don't pretend to know this. I, I read it in some like, I don't know, some article online that Amazon was going to get Thursday Night Football. Because I heard Colin say that Thursday Night Football is a money loser. I think the amount of money you pay, you just you can't make up the money. Well, Amazon doesn't care. I was driving around recently, uh, maybe picking up dinner or something, and like a night host on local radio was like, you know, these apps, they're very complicated to use. And I've been thinking about this. I, he said it within the last week, and it's really been on you know, top of my mind, and I went, you know, in 2020, I think that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, I have Comcast for cable, the other day, my, my bill was like $250, now part of it is I uh, I have all these extra boxes, you know, I got TVs in every room, I got multiple TVs in my main room, and I got internet because of what I do, I have like, I pay like $70 extra for the highest speed internet, but, like, my bill, instead of being 250, should have been, like, 220. Now, ultimately, I write it off. But it was just out of principle. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. So I called him. And the first thing the lady says to me as we're going through, or as a guy, he says to me is like, you know, do you uh, do you really need this special movie channel? And I'm like, you know, I've never heard of it. What channel number is it? And he says, like, 550. And I'm thinking to myself, I have never ever been to the 500s on Comcast, because most of the main channels are in the 700s. I'm like, no, I don't need it. Take it off. And last night, in the last couple days, you know, you go to Amazon Prime or Netflix, you don't ever not miss anything. They constantly put everything right in front of you. What's trending, they have everything by category. There's no missing anything. Think how many channels on Comcast, and I got every channel known to man except that movie channel now that I discontinued, I go to the same six or seven channels every fucking day, right? I I watch a couple, I watch some of the basic channels during the weekend, ABC, NBC, CBS, mainly for sporting events. I watch news and sports and in golf channel and the food network and HBO and Showtime. Other than that, like I'm not venturing to a lot of channels. Now, occasionally you'll end up on a TNT or whatever. If you're watching a movie and you're bored. But, like, the majority of channels, I'm not watching. And I don't even know, some of them I don't even know exist. But I go to Netflix, or I go to Amazon Prime, and it tells me immediately what's trending, what's new, and I'll never forget this year. When Amazon Prime had the, had the Saturday game, Niners-Cardinals, I'm like, I'm interested to see how this looks. You go to Amazon Prime, it was not on normal television, right? You couldn't get it on Fox you couldn't get it on cable. You had to watch it on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure. I, I definitely did. Maybe maybe you could watch it on both. Maybe that was it. There was a trial run. And I went to Amazon Prime. And you press one button, load in, you sign in. Immediately, you I mean, you could, you could have binoculars from 100 miles away, you would have been able to see this. 49ers, Cardinals. You press a button, it literally started. My mom, once I gave her my Netflix account, whenever I go to her house, what is she watching? Not television. She watches Netflix. So this radio host, but I think a lot of people think this, it's an archaic way of thinking. It's very antiquated. Like, it's so complicated, these apps. These apps are much more user-friendly than television. You press two buttons and it's there. And anything big, anything important, they hit you over the head with it. I actually think TV is very difficult to find what the fuck's on. Like, I don't know where any of these channels are beside the ones I'm used to going to. But Amazon, you're going to press one button, so it's like, how's my dad that's 75 going to figure it out? I don't know. Shh. Load Amazon Prime on a smart TV. Show them you hit load, you hit boom, boom, and it's on. It's no different than going boom, boom to another channel. I I, I actually think there's going to be a lot of blowback. People are going to be like, I can't believe they're Amazon Prime. Those guys are just complainers because the actual functionality of it could not be any easier. I mean, honestly, it, it really couldn't. And I'm the only reason I still own basic cable is just because it's probably partially out of laziness. and partially economic, it's not like I, I my, my home business, it's all you know integrated. So it's basic it'd be no different than having cable at your office. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't pencil. And part of it, like a couple of my TVs in my living room, when I moved here, I put multiple TVs up. They're not newer TVs. You know, they're like 16. So I'd have to go buy new TVs, and these TVs are fine, 65, 70 inches. I, I don't even want to deal with it. I, I just don't even care. But it I I am actually doing it the hard way right now. I people used to always tell me about Firefox or Fire Stick and Apple TV. Once you start playing around with them all, you're like, God, these are easy. I mean, Netflix, Amazon Prime, they could not be any easier. So, of course, the league, obviously, the league wanted to go there for money. But I think just the the ease for the consumer is going to find is like, yeah, won't be a problem at all. The other thing is the 17-game season. And I did not know this, but remember, they used to play 14 games. And they moved that from 1978. Here's the crazy part. They used to play six preseason games. They like, for whatever reason, the number 20. And obviously, for the last 1978 till 2021, not counting, you know, the corona year, they always played four preseason games. They like getting to the 20, right? 16 and four. Florio wrote that, you know, there's a decent possibility that they play 17 regular season games and three preseason games because it ultimately gives them ability to go to 18 regular season games one day but that's for a whole nother conversation two things really stand out to me about adding a game because adding a game week is a big deal I- I'm telling you I mentioned earlier we're gonna have to get very used to like if I tell you and you're listening to this podcast you're probably an NFL fan what a team's record was I'm like you know they only won four games you're like damn they went four and 12 you know they just they were average they went 500 they went eight and eight you know, God, they had a powerhouse team. They won fifteen games. Like, damn, they went fifteen and one? It's now fifteen and two. Or, you know, sixteen and one. Or seven and ten. Seven and ten sounds a lot worse than seven and nine. Some people kept their jobs seven and nine. I don't know if you're keeping your job seven and ten. Ten and seven also doesn't sound quite as good as ten and six. I always thought fifteen and one sounded sweet. Fourteen and two sounds really good too. Fourteen and three? You know Still excellent, but it doesn't sound quite as good as 14-2. and But here's the two things that stand out to me. Coaching is going to be even more important. And I don't just mean scheme. We'll get into Kyle Long a little bit later, but one thing Coach Reed is fantastic with, and he was like this, I remember reading when he first got to Kansas City with Tom Ballie and Justin Houston too, and I'm sure with Jamal Charles, some of his older players. He does not, you don't need to prove to him in the middle of the season in a Wednesday practice. He has no problem giving uh, veteran players, established players, Wednesday off. Hell, with 17 games, you might give him Wednesday and Thursday off. LeBron James doesn't practice. He doesn't need to. <laughs> like you know, He works out on his own. He's ready to go when the games come. Tom Bali at the end of his career, like just get him ready for Sunday. Coaches that understand the big picture and that aren't living in the minutia of it, that's why I'll be interested in Matt Rule, Urban Meyer, It's going to be, can you imagine Matt Rule and Urban Meyer? At least Matt Rule got a year under his belt. Urban going from always playing 13 or 14 games to now going to 17 plus three preseason games, but 17 games that actually count? That's a lot, man. Does he understand like you can't really work them on Wednesday? I don't don't know. I mean, Urban's a smart guy, but that's a big transition. So to me, the coaching, the big picture element of coaching. Like with GMs, you got to think big picture, right? how I'm building my team, why I'm drafting. I know everyone's shit on the Aaron Jones contract. They're like, why did we draft A.J. Dillon? Because they let Jamal Williams walk. I mean, that's why. A.J. Dillon's the best player on their board. BPA, ever heard of it? Like, you can't have BPA, but then nitpick certain positions. They re Aaron Jones because he's an elite player. He's their Alvin, Alvin Kamara. They paid him, it's basically a two-year, $20 million contract for their second best offensive player. Last time I checked, they got Devontae Adams. They don't have much else. Young tight end's pretty good, but you get rid of Jamal Williams and and Aaron Jones, then you got nothing. Like, they have separated themselves. They won 26 games the last two years because they dominated on the ground. That's how this offense works. Now you can say you should be able to find running backs easily. That's true, but Aaron Jones proved his worth. He's a borderline elite player. He's awesome. But back to the coaching thing, like, coaches that get it, coaches with experience are going to have a huge leg up. The other thing that's going to be key is depth. And I've always said, I don't think late round picks are overvalued, but I think we hype them up a little much. I do think the GMs that are better at finding undrafted free agents and are hitting on 5th, 6th, and 7th round picks over the next several years are going to have a better chance to win 12, 13 games. We know guys get hurt. It's football. There's just It's a war of attrition. Every year linemen, linebackers, wide receivers, running backs, they go down for portions of the season. Luckily, the NFL has changed the injured reserve rules. You're able to place guys and take them off. But one thing, injuries are not going to go away. And if anything, the 17 games, you just have one more game to get injured. So the teams that have the most depth, that develop players the best, that are best at using their practice squad to get guys ready to play in actual games, are going to have a huge advantage. And I, I think it'll play itself out over the next couple of years, and you'll see teams, obviously it's a quarterback league and a head coaching league, but that that's gets you to 10. To, the difference between 10 and 13 and 14 is depth and, and the coaching aspect of it. So it's, it's going to get a little more interesting. I, I'm telling you, I, I think the, getting used to the numbers, the records, is going to be a... Uh, Going to be a work in progress for us all. You'd be like, oh, we're, we're six and six. It's like, well, you still got, you know, you're tw- you know, you got 12 games in. You still got five left. You know, th- there's a big difference, like nine, in, nine and eight. Nine and eight sounds a lot better than eight and nine.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to
1: policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time,
2: Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive.
1: Okay, let's just hit some league stuff. I actually just saw this between segments. The Bears have granted Akeem Hicks the opportunity to seek a trade. He's making $10 million. He wants a lot more. Here's the issue right now I got. Back to Ryan Pace. The only reason your team has been good or competitive the last couple of years is your defense. And he argue, he was better than Khalil Mack last year. He's one of the key guys. Like, your offense sucks. Andy Dalton is your quarterback. You need good defensive players. What are you doing? I I, I I, I can't overemphasize this enough. I think Ryan Pace is just lost. I, I don't think he gets it. I, I, I really don't. Uh, John Gruden. John Gruden's nuts. There's just... He's crazy. No rhyme or reason to anything he does. I've talked a lot about him in the last couple weeks, so I'm not going to spend too much time here, but... Uh, yeah, just, I, you know, uh, back like Ryan Pace. The strength of the Raiders last year was their offensive line. So what do they do? They get rid of Rodney Hudson. They get rid of Gabe Jackson. And they trade Trent Brown. Now, Trent Brown had been an issue. I don't blame them for getting rid of him. But your guard your center? Like, what are you trying to do, buddy? You ain't winning with defense. You check that defensive roster. Y'all stink. You had a power running game. Because those two guys are fucking beasts. You get rid of both of them because you like your young center that no one's heard of? Good luck. John Gruden has been an unmitigated disaster. Now, maybe not a disaster. He makes them relevant. We talk about them. But from a football standpoint, holy moly. What a nightmare. Uh, Deshaun Watson and some of his legal troubles. Me and Guy and my other podcast talked a lot about it. So, you can go there if you want to listen to my take on Deshaun Watson and the situation that is... It's getting kind of weird. Uh, the Tex, speaking of the Texans, they signed a lot of dudes: Tyrod Taylor, Mark Ingram. So they signed Desmond King today. Uh, not really sure what they're doing. Like they're not any good. Uh, if Deshaun, if this legal trouble gets behind him, they're able to trade him. They're gonna stink. I mean, they, they are going to be really, really bad. It's gonna get really, really ugly there from the fan base, from the perception. I don't even, it's going to be bad. Washington football team. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I I don't know if I talked about this on the last podcast or not, but I I know I talked about this with Guy. I saw a lot of people on the internet being like, uh, you know, what's Belichick doing all this for? To to come in third again in in the division? Come in third again? The Miami Dolphins won 10 games last year. I watched the Miami I watched a lot of the Dolphins games last year. One game I remember when they came to San Francisco. And Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like Dan freaking Marino. They did not win 10 games because of Tua Tagovailoa. They had to bench him multiple times. A major reason why they were winning games is no longer on their team. And he happens to be the most important position on your squad. So how do I just assume that the Dolphins are like, yeah, they'll be good? I don't know. The two I saw last year, pretty big red flag. Now, maybe Tua was coming back from the injury, and he's a shell of himself, and he'll be way better. We'll see, because he's small, doesn't have a great arm. I, I thought Colin had a pretty good, you know, verbiage, verbiage on him. Called him robotic. I think there's a little roboticness to him. Now, they signed Will Fuller. He is a great deep thrower, so you get him a deep threat. But, I don't know. The Patriots went 7-9 and nine with zero talent. If I gave the Patriots Adam Gase or, you know, just some random coach, they would have won one game. You don't think Belichick is going to be dramatically better with all this talent? Put down the pipe. But Washington signs Fitzpatrick, which is a good signing. I mean, he's just a hot and cold guy, but he has some talent. He's just kind of a gamer, kind of a gunslinger. They have a big-time defense. Uh, They signed Taylor Heineke, and they just re-signed Kyle Allen. I think it's fair to say they're not drafting very high because they made the playoffs. That's probably their quarterback unit. And they go, you know, we could probably make another wild card or compete for a wild card with that group. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. They did not really have any options. Don't totally blame them. Uh, but I, I like the Fitzpatrick signing. I think the Washington football team, I think that division is going to be pretty bad again. You know, you get to 8-8, eight and eight, you have a chance to win that division. Cowboys defense is terrible. Eagles have, I mean, they're just resetting the franchise. The Giants, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I kind of like Daniel Jones' talent, but they just don't really have the skill guys. Their offensive line stinks. Their defense is solid. I think Joe Judge is pretty good. Obviously, the draft will impact these teams, but I don't don't see why the Washington football team couldn't win that division again if Fitzpatrick plays exactly like he did with Washington, or excuse me, the Dolphins. And remember, the Dolphins, who is their talent on offense? They, you know they were not. O.J. McDuffie wasn't walking through that door. They didn't have Ricky Williams. That that team. That's why when Tua got in there, he was overwhelmed. He wasn't used to having no talent around him. He's like, "Where's Jerry Judy? Where's Henry Ruggs? Where's Najee Harris? You know, where's O.J. Howard? Where's uh? I don't. know, They have so many wide receivers. Where's Jalen Waddle? They ain't there. Uh, Kyle Long went to the Chiefs. And he gave a great quote about the Raiders, how things, it feels a little different with the Chiefs. Basically, like, giving a shot at the Raiders. I, I botched the exact quote. But, of course, he went to the Chiefs. They have Patrick Mahomes. He has a chance to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, why would he sign with the Raiders? Uh, Will Fuller. I said, I think I mentioned that with the Dolphins. I had a Browns fan very mad at me that I did not mention the Ram Safety Johnson that signed with them. I'm sorry. Good player. You guys are solid team. That's all I got. I don't really have much more. I think the Browns will be good. I think the AFC is really good, right? I think the Bills are a powerhouse. The Chiefs are a powerhouse. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to be a factor. I think the Browns are going to be a factor. The Ravens are going to be awesome because they just always are in the regular season. Uh, The Colts are going to be good. The Titans will be solid. The, the, The Chargers, if their coach is any good, should be decent. Like the, the AFC it's, I I think it's going to take probably 10 and 7. Remember got to get to those new uh those new numbers, 10 and 7 to make the playoffs. So that's about all I got. Oh, uh Kyle Fuller was also cut from the Bears. I, back to pace. Like why why do you keep cutting all your good defensive players? You're a defensive team. Don't get it. Okay, Middlecoff Mailbag. And also, got to remind everybody Leave a review. Apple iTunes would greatly appreciate it. A lot of you have. I think we're almost at 2,000 reviews, so that's that's good for the business. Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff. You guys know the drill. JT, question for the mailbag. If you had to find some way to make sense of the Raiders front office moves, how do you do so? Right now, it looks like Gruden is almost intentionally damaging the team. I think it's pretty simple. I, I just think John... I see a lot of people like, Mike Mayock and Gruden are ruining this team. Come on, guys. Like the, Mike Mayock answers to John Gruden. I, I, we've all had bosses. I, I would never in a million years if Pat Hill, Howie Roseman, Andy Reid, you know, wanted to do something. Hell, Jason Barrett, who hired me from ESPN at the radio show, he was from ESPN. He worked with Dan Patrick and ran the station in San Francisco. When they said something, I listened. I, I did it. Now I wasn't. I think sometimes we see GM head coach like they're on equal footing. That's not the way it is. You know, John Gruden makes ten million dollars a year. Mike probably makes like two. But John has all the power. John has the decision making ability. You know, I, I don't. I don't really know what to say. I, I just think John is a madman, a wild man, and it's just. I don't think he has the ability to be patient, and patience is a virtue, and a virtue never hurts you. Listen, I hate, I'm not that patient either. I imagine many people listening aren't patient. There are smart times when it's like, you know, I really want to buy a stock, and it's up a thousand percent. Maybe I'll wait till it comes down, right? I really want this player. Well, maybe wait a day. The player's still going to be available. Right? I, I really, this guy's pissing me off, cut him. Let's just take a deep breath. Let's see if you and Rodney Hudson get on the same page. You, you don't always, the first thing that comes to your mind, my dad used to tell me this all the time, like, you don't have to always say the first thing that comes to your mind. Now, this was when I was like 10, because I used to talk a lot. I in I didn't know that at the time I would turn it into a career, just talking. But sometimes, like, your first, uh, just take a deep breath. How often have you, with your significant other, your wife, your girlfriend, for girls listening, not many? I've seen the demos. We're about ninety-nine point nine percent male. Uh, you know, a guy, when you guys have a big fight, like sometimes just go in your separate rooms, take a deep breath. Just everyone, maybe just take five or six hours to yourself. I don't think John can do that. He is he is very very impulsive. Is everyone being a little hard on Dalton? It's not the it's not his fault. Teams keep giving him money. I agree there. He took the Bengals to the playoffs. Talked about that earlier. I know he flopped in the playoffs a few times, but everyone with an outlet is treating him like the village idiot. Stole that phrase from you. I don't think they're calling him the village idiot. Andy's a smart guy. Andy's an impressive guy. If Andy was your neighbor, right? And you, to be Andy's neighbor, he's made a lot of money. you would have to have a big-ass house on a country club. You'd probably like hanging with him. He'd probably be fun to drink beers with and, like, talk about football with. He's just not very good at this point in time. He was better when he was younger. But I'm with you. Like, yeah, it is it is not his fault. I say this about David Cully and Jim Tomsula all the time. It is not Jim Tomsula's fault he became a head coach. What was he supposed to do? Hey, you want a three-year deal, $5 million a year? Say no. It was Trent Baalke and Jed York's fault. It was not Jim Tom Sula's fault. Like David Culley. Like listen, I that's more personal to me because I was around him. I'm sure he's gonna get made fun of a lot when their team really stinks. It is not his fault he's the head coach. He was sixty-five years old. He had the opportunity to become a head coach in the NFL. If he's awful, which I, I hate to say it, but he might be, because he's never been a head coach, he's sixty five, like that's pretty random. That's on Nick Casario. That's on Jack Easterby. Like you you that's on the guy that hires you. Yeah, I mean, you've never heard a bad word about him. I'm with you. I, no one thinks like Andy Dalton's a bad person. Or you wouldn't, I, I'd want him on my team as my backup quarterback. We we applauded last year when the Cowboys made him the backup quarterback. While I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be great, why wouldn't the Jags trade out for a proven quarterback? Wilson or Watson and a boatload of picks. Wouldn't that get them to the Super Bowl faster? From Adam. True, uh, both those guys have no trade clauses. And Russell Wilson and Ciara would rather swan dive off the Golden Gate Bridge into the ocean than go play for the Jacks. I'll promise you that. And Deshaun Watson, they would never trade him in the division. And he has no trade clause, too, so he would never say yes. But I hear you. I mean, I think Urban Meyer might if it was an option. Been listening to the show for about a year now. Big fan of the show, and I appreciate your take. couple questions for you after listening to uh, the first show this week. One, instead of pursuing a path in broadcasting, how successful do you think a guy like Drew Brees would be if he pursued a coordinator job? After spending so many years in the league learning how to attack different defenses, my first reaction would be he would be very successful. Do you agree? Or would it be different if he were implementing his own system instead of using the template provided by Sean Payton? I think he would use Sean Payton's system because it's what he excels at. It's what he knows. It's what works. I uh, I think he would crush it. If Drew Brees said this offseason, right? Like, in 2021, I want to be a head coach in the NFL. I would bet $5,000 right now. I'd put it on the table. If Drew Brees came out and said this, someone would hire him to be the head coach. I don't even think it would be that crazy. I, if I owned a team, I would want. If I needed a coach, would one million percent interview Drew Brees? So as a coordinator, I think he'd fucking crush it. Uh, where would you rank Brees on your all-time quarterback list? Probably ten to fifteen. Uh, I, I would not have him in the top ten. Obviously, Brady, Montana, Elway, Marino, Peyton, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. This is no no particular order. After the first two. Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Steve Young. You know, there were some guys that I, I missed. The, the Otto Grahams, the Stallbox. That's before my time. But the, the historians speak very highly of them. So I, I wouldn't have Drew Brees in that. In my lifetime, I would not put him ahead, obviously. Brady, Manning, no way. Rodgers, Favre, no way. I'd take Steve Young over him for sure. Uh, I, I mean... I'd probably rather have Russell Wilson over him, but Russell has a lot of career left. Roethlisberger, you know, Roethlisberger was a freak. I love Roethlisberger. I'd probably take 10 peak years of Roethlisberger over 10 peak years of Breeze. But again, is a first ballot Hall of Famer, so it's not like I'm speaking out of turn here. With Watson and Wilson still wanting to move, and all the teams picking up quarterbacks, thoughts on a Watson-Wilson trade between the two teams? No chance. Russell Wilson is not going to go to Houston. I see this a lot. Like, what about this guy going to Houston? No quarterback's going to go to Houston. No chance. Zero. Oh, I saw Von Miller resign with the Broncos. I'm a sucker for Von Miller. I bet a couple grand on that, uh, on that Super Bowl in 2016 when it came to the Bay Area. I got to go because my cousin is in the beer business and Coors Light and had a sweet seat. It was badass. I mean, it was gambling on the Super Bowl, being at the Super Bowl. I think it was Lady Gaga giving you a million reasons. It was really cool. You know, I, I probably won't go to Super Bowl anytime soon, but that that was, uh... I like how you mentioned there are superstars and pros with regard to color commentators and that Madden and Gruden are superstars. 100% agree. I even think Tony Romo could be mentioned as an emerging third superstar. I think you could go into this more with basketball and mention some of the great color commentators like Bill Walton and even Jeff Van Gundy. Also, you said Weber was horrible. I actually disagree. He is unconventional, but he might be a better color than player. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up in the Sacramento area. Listen, Weber is overrated given that he is talent. He should have been a Garnett. He should have been a KG he probably shouldn't have been Duncan, but, I mean, maybe. A Barkley, he was an elite talent, an all-time elite talent. And in not in a million years did you ever want him to have the ball when it mattered. Now, he was special. Like, his talent was immense. But he's kind of soft, Love shooting jumpers. I mean, always shooting that 15-foot jumper at like, the top of the key. It's like, bro, fucking pound the post. Uh, I mean, Shaq always clowned him, but in fairness, Shaq was way better than him but Duncan was better. KG, I, I just... But I, I get back to my... He was a really good player. I mean, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. He's like an all-time college guy, obviously, with a Fab Five. I think he's bad at color commentator. I also think, in, in fairness to him, this guy's a legend. Marv Albert is shot. If Marv, if Marv Albert was a pitcher, he'd be throwing like 60 miles an hour. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe... And it's probably hard. He's one of the most, probably the second most famous, I, uh, you know, maybe Brent Musburger, I'd say. Obviously, Howard Corsell would be one, right? If you just said most famous sports play-by-play guys of all time. You go Howard Corsell, I can't speak, Howard Corsell, Musburger, Marv, I don't I wouldn't, Nance, you know, you could argue in that mix. I mean, Nance has done a lot of stuff. But Marv is done. I mean, at least you know Musberger still kind of got a personality and still kind of kicking. Uh, wondering what your thoughts are on the Browns signing Josh Johnson. He is the key piece in the Browns depleted secondary. And do you think we overpaid in any way, or was it a great move by Barry? They didn't give him that much money. was his contract like twenty-four million dollars guaranteed? Basically, give him a two-year deal. Isn't isn't he like twenty-six years old? I I, I think. What's John Johnson? I, I mean, I think he's a pretty good player. Is that how did he, what's his first name? Yeah, John Johnson the third. He's twenty five years old. I, I like it. I, I'd be lying if I said I like broke down his film, but he's been a consistent starter for the Rams uh, since the last couple years. He's just a good player. I like it. I to me you're. You're going to run the ball. Odell Beckham's tweeting weird stuff. I don't know if you've noticed, but Odell Beckham's kind of all over the map right now. If you just follow his Twitter, you're like, is this guy going to quit football? Is this guy about to get traded? Like, what's going on here? Something's up with Odell Beckham. I can't quite put my finger on it. So, to me, the Browns, like, just get more D linemen. Get Miles Garrett, another dude up front, and just dominate. Because I saw when the Niners were good, and they were running the same defense, they had a great defensive line. Pretty good safety play, and his corners were okay. I guess Sherman was really good that year. It's probably unfair. Want your input on college football? My buddies and I have this ongoing argument about these Power Five conferences and their terrible football programs. Example, Vanderbilt, Kansas, Rutgers. Why doesn't the Power Five conferences kick these absolute dog trash programs out of the conference and bring in better, more competitive programs. If you can bring in more money, eyes, competition for the conference, and inevitably more draft picks, imagine kicking KU football out of the Big 12 and bringing in Houston or SMU. While they may not be the best, they'd surely be more competitive. Well, Vanderbilt and Rutgers, I hear what you're saying. Here's the problem. The Big 12 likes their basketball, and they are a powerhouse basketball program, you know, conference. Well, the Alabama, LSU, Ohio State of their basketball conference, by a mile, is Bill Self and the KU basketball team. So, yeah, their, their football team sucks. But they do so much in college hoops, with the tournament, with the relevancy, with the television deals. KU is worth their weight in gold as a basketball program that you deal with their football program sucks. The other two programs, Vanderbilt, you know, Vanderbilt, whatever, Rutgers, um, I hear you. I, I see what you. You actually gave pretty good examples though. Houston and SMU. Uh, yeah, that's. It's just the basketball program is worth so much. The Big Twelve having KU basketball. With a with a lot of major players restructuring contracts before free agency, I think it's pretty telling that Jimmy G hasn't restructured his contract yet, meaning he'd be committed to San Francisco for the next year or two, definitely. I think they cut or trade will happen either now or on draft night because of the fact I think they'll wait till draft night so they're not tipping their hand around the league that they're desperate for a quarterback in case they do trade up. Sucks it has to be that way because an extra $20 million right now would be nice. Let me know your thoughts. I'd heard some rumors that they were trying to trade up to number three right now. Uh, maybe they're waiting for the Sam Darnold situation to play itself out. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Jimmy, they they haven't restructured him for a reason. They could have got, if Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be their quarterback next year, 100% his cap hit would have gone from 20 to about two because they would have moved money back. They, The last thing in a million years Kyle Shanahan wants to do is hitch his wagon to Jimmy Garoppolo March eighteenth, two 2021. So I'm with you. Good call by you. They, not restructuring him tells you everything you need to know, but it also makes sense. Of course, they didn't restructure him; they couldn't. I mean, that would have been that would have been nuts if they did. But yeah, appreciate everyone listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy March Madness. It's pouring rain outside right now, but hopefully wherever you are, it's warming up. Some sun's out. If it's not, I don't know what to tell you. I'm supposed to play golf tomorrow, but it is pouring right now. Uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the weekend. Adios. <laughs> with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash.
0: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake Kits...